June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Tonight, a stunning break with the president. America's top military officer says he shouldn't have walked with President Trump during protests for a photo op. As a commissioned uniformed officer, it was a mistake. New details on the rift between the Pentagon and the president. Worst day in nearly three months. The Dow plunges nearly 7% today on news that many states are seeing an alarming spike in coronavirus cases. Dramatic standoff, breaking news on the intense search for an armed and dangerous man suspected of shooting a police officer in California. Back to school? Despite cases spiking there, Florida's governor tonight says he's ready to open schools at full capacity in the fall. Statues coming down. Crowds destroy monuments of Christopher Columbus and Confederate soldiers, saying America must reckon with its past. Taking action. Why the popular country music band Lady Annabellum says it's time to change their name. Racing to a cure. Tens of thousands volunteer to get infected with the coronavirus. Could it accelerate the search for a vaccine and the ethical concerns? And bracelets of hope. How a nine-year-old girl is helping the healing in Minneapolis, all from her front yard. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with a stunning admission and apology from the country's top military officer. General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, now says he was wrong to join President Trump for a photo op outside of the White House grounds last week. The president led Milley, along with other members of his cabinet, to St. John's Church last Monday, just moments after protesters were violently cleared from Lafayette Park by riot police firing tear gas. But tonight, in a break with the president, Milley says being there was a mistake and that the military should never be involved in domestic politics. Milley's comments come as a group of Republican senators are also pushing back on President Trump, voting to move forward with a plan to rename military bases currently named after Confederate generals. On his way to an event in Dallas today, the president lashed out at the sponsor of that legislation on Twitter, along with the Federal Reserve Bank, after it issued a dire forecast on the nation's economy. That forecast, along with growing concerns that coronavirus cases are spiking in parts of the country, sent financial markets reeling today. The Dow was down more than 1,800 points, almost 7 percent, as all three major averages had their worst day since March 16th. Well, there's a lot of news to get to tonight, and our team of correspondents is covering it all. CBS's Weijia Zhang is going to lead off our coverage tonight at the White House. Good evening, Weijia. Nora, hello to you. Tonight, President Trump is not talking about that market tumble or the fact that another military leader is speaking out against him. Your reaction to Millie? 
President Trump ignored questions about the stunning comments from the country's top military official. As a commissioned uniformed officer, it was a mistake that I've learned from, and I sincerely hope we all can learn from it. General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, expressed remorse for joining the president during a photo op in front of St. John's Church last Monday, just moments after police used force to clear protesters nearby. I should not have been there. My presence in that moment and in that environment created a perception of the military involved in domestic politics. General Mark Milley and Defense Secretary Mark Esper had not even planned to be there. CBS News has learned they were heading to the FBI's Washington field office when the call came from the White House to change course. The Pentagon and Mr. Trump are also at odds over whether to rename 10 bases named after Confederate figures. The president rejected the idea after Esper and the Secretary of the Army said they were open to it. Still, the Senate Armed Services Committee approved a measure to do so. South Dakota Republican Mike Rounds. This is the right time for it and I think it sends the right message. President Trump is still calling for an aggressive response to demonstrators, this time in Seattle, after ridiculing Washington state's governor for being taunted and played by protesters. Gotta have some strength, you have to have strength, you have to do what you have to do. Mr. Trump made the remarks in Dallas at a meeting about race relations and law enforcement. Notably, the city's police chief, sheriff, and district attorney, all of whom are African-American, were not invited. President Trump said he will sign an executive order related to the use of force, but it is far from a commitment to comprehensive police reform. He is under fire tonight for planning to hold a campaign rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma on June 19th, known as Juneteenth, a holiday marking the emancipation of slaves. But the city of Tulsa is the site of one of the worst race massacres in American history. Senator Kamala Harris said the rally is a welcome home party for white supremacists. Nora. Weijia Zhang at the White House tonight. Thank you. We turn now to breaking news in California and a dramatic gun battle between police and a suspect wanted in a shooting Wednesday that left a sheriff's deputy seriously wounded. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti is at the scene for us tonight. Jonathan. Nora, we have watched as dozens upon dozens of police cars push through this perimeter into the countryside behind me where this suspect is believed to be hiding. We heard heavy gunshots followed by silence. We can tell you there are unconfirmed reports at this hour that at least one police officer has been injured. Several ambulances are here on scene. Armored police vehicles and choppers swarming Central California's wine country as local law enforcement joined by the FBI search for 26-year-old Mason James Lira. Authorities say Lira, seen here on surveillance video, used a handgun to fire dozens of rounds at the Paso Robles Police Department early Wednesday morning. When police responded, he shot 28-year-old officer Nicholas Dreyfus in the side of the head. Dreyfus is now recovering in the hospital. This was absolutely an ambush and uh, intended to, to kill law enforcement. San Luis Obispo Sheriff Ian Parkinson believes police brutality protests inspired Lira and had this message. There's people that shouldn't be doing the job and that do bad things. We're hoping that the community will heal from this. The exact motive is unclear. Police say Lira is a transient with a criminal record. And we have been watching right now as police continue to tighten this perimeter. The entire town has been placed on lockdown as this manhunt continues. Nora. 
Jonathan Vigliotti, thank you. More now on COVID-19. 14 states have seen increases in hospital patients since Memorial Day. Tonight, North Carolina is rethinking plans to reopen schools and businesses. Nashville is delaying the next phase of their reopening. Confirmed cases in the U.S. now top 2 million. The virus has killed more than 113,000. CBS's Carter Evans reports tonight from Arizona, an emerging hotspot. Arizona hospitals are overwhelmed with ICU capacity near 90% in Phoenix. We're going into that surge capacity now and, and this is a problem. Please take this seriously. Dr. Matt Hines is an internist in Tucson. He points to scenes like this shortly after Arizona became one of the first states to lift stay-at-home orders. We did predict this and we could have prevented it if we had taken the appropriate steps. The state's largest county has seen cases spike 77% in just the last 15 days. Arizona is now one of 14 states since Memorial Day with hospitalizations on the rise. All as states continue to reopen. West Virginia is now allowing visitors again in nursing homes. And Florida's governor says schools will fully reopen this fall. The risk to kids is significantly lower than it is for influenza. But for the sickest of patients, one glimmer of hope. This is a milestone. A remarkable recovery of a woman believed to be the first COVID patient in the U.S. to get a double lung transplant. She was in her 20s with no underlying health conditions, the virus ravaging her lungs. Yeah, you know, I can very confidently say that if she didn't get the transplant, she would not be alive. Doctors say hospitals will continue to be flooded if people don't take precautions, especially true in Arizona, where Dr. Hines says too few are heeding the warnings. People are just not wearing masks. They've been warned. They're not taking it seriously. And at some point, you're going to have to make it compulsory. Well, just a short while ago, Arizona's governor said the state is not in a crisis. But the president of the Arizona Hospital and Healthcare Association says 11 hospitals here are now at ICU capacity. Nora? Carter Evans, thank you. Let's go now to Minneapolis, where the rank and file say they are open to change in the police department. A group of officers wrote in an open letter that they wholeheartedly condemn fired officer Derek Chauvin and said he failed as a human. Here's CBS's Jeff Begays. Tonight, Minnesota's governor unveiled a sweeping package of police reforms more than two weeks after George Floyd's death. It includes limiting use of force and changing the way officers are prosecuted and trained. Minnesota will change what accountability looks like. Community activists came out today in support of the steps the Minneapolis police chief has already taken by withdrawing from contract talks with the police union as he seeks to revamp his agency. Sources tell CBS News that investigators are looking into whether George Floyd and Derek Chauvin knew each other while working at the same Minneapolis nightclub. In his first interview with CBS News, David Penny, who also worked at the club, said he knew both men and watched them interact with each other. Is there any doubt in your mind that Derek Chauvin knew George Floyd? No, he knew him. And that they bumped heads. How well did he know him? I say pretty well. But days after our almost hour-long interview in which he described an emotional bond with Floyd, Penny is suddenly backtracking, saying he confused Floyd with a different African-American co-worker. We spoke with him again today. Well, I'm good with faces, somewhat, but I'm really bad with names. It's a sad thing, and I got to fix what I put out there. 
Penny does stand by his comments about Chauvin. You told us that Chauvin was aggressive toward minority patrons. I stand by that. That is, uh, that's 100% accurate. It is still a mystery how Penny could mistake Floyd for another co-worker. Floyd stood out in part because he was 6'4 and over 220 pounds. Here in Minneapolis, they are still protesting here behind me. This one is being led by George Floyd's friend, former NBA star Steven Jackson. Nora. Jeff Pagase, thank you. Protesters around the country are targeting statues they see as historic symbols of injustice. In the last week, three monuments have been pulled down in Richmond, once the capital of the Confederacy. CBS's Chip Reed reports tonight from Richmond. Late last night, Richmond, Virginia protesters brought down a statue of Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederacy. On Tuesday in Richmond, one of Christopher Columbus was toppled and dragged into a lake. Another Columbus statue met a similar fate in Minnesota. Jefferson Davis just down the street, yep. president of the Confederacy. That's down. Could Robert E. Lee be next? He's on borrowed time. Julian Hayter is a yes. professor at the uh, University of Richmond. Whenever there are moments of social unrest and, and racial upheaval, the monuments are always in the proverbial crosshairs. It's part of a nationwide movement against what many see as symbols of white supremacy. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is urging Congress to, quote, lead by example and remove 11 Confederate statues from the Capitol. This is a perfect time for us to move those statues. And NASCAR has sparked controversy banning the Confederate flag at events. Bubba Wallace, NASCAR's only full-time African-American driver, said it was long overdue. It's not that we're saying no other lives matter. It's we're trying to say that Black Lives Matter too. But driver Ray Cicerelli called the change political BS and said he's done with NASCAR at the end of the season. Here in Richmond, Virginia, the statue of Robert E. Lee has become a peaceful, multiracial gathering place. We talked to a lot of the people over there, and most of them said they want that statue to go, but they want the graffiti to stay, with many of them saying they believe the graffiti is a work of protest art. Nora. Chip Reed in Richmond, thank you. Tonight, Moderna plans to begin its final stage of vaccine testing next month. There is a quicker way to prove if a vaccine works, and that involves exposing someone to the virus. CBS's Elizabeth Palmer looks at the ethical concerns in our series, Racing to a Cure. Jason Crowell, an American lawyer living in London, is in the pink of health. That's why he wants to get infected with coronavirus. Did you lose any sleep over making the decision? No, no. Crowell is one of thousands who signed up with a group pushing for so-called challenge trials to test COVID vaccines. They are in development, but testing them is getting harder. Right now, volunteers get a shot of vaccine and then go back to their lives and just wait to be exposed to other people who have coronavirus. But as the pandemic in most developed countries eases, there are fewer and fewer with the virus. So results could take months or even years. Enter the challenge trial, a fast track where volunteers would be deliberately infected with the live virus. Certainly efficient, but it poses serious ethical problems. Because even a weak dose of live virus could make the volunteers really sick and there's no drug to cure them. But there is an equally serious upside, and that is proof the vaccine works could come in as little as two months. 
That's convinced Crowell, who believes economic damage from the pandemic threatens his and his children's future. That, to my mind, is a bigger risk to them than what I think is a relatively small risk of losing a parent. It's a brave personal gamble for the greater good. Elizabeth Palmer, CBS News, London. Tonight, Microsoft is joining Amazon and IBM in refusing to sell its facial recognition software to police until the controversial tracking technology is regulated. The tech giants are among a growing number of American companies facing a racial reckoning in the aftermath of George Floyd's killing. Here's CBS's Adriana Diaz. In Nike's new ad, the shoemaker is using its Just Do It brand to say what not to do. Don't turn your back on racism. Don't accept innocent lives being taken from us. It's a quarter after one. Today, country music band Lady Annabellum changed its name to Lady A, saying it recognizes the dark history behind the name and didn't take into account its connection to slavery. They're examples of a cultural shift and racial sensitivities after more than two weeks of mass protests. From Ben and Jerry's to Band-Aid, so far companies have pledged more than $1.7 billion to advance racial justice. How does America know that these messages of solidarity aren't just lip service? Cursory actions that have been taken in the first five days of this new movement uh, are not sufficient to be able to tell who's serious and who's just talking. Fashion entrepreneur Aurora James wants more companies to put their words into investment. That's why she launched the 15% pledge, calling on retailers to commit 15% of their shelf space to black-owned companies. Sephora has signed on. We need actionable change long-term, and we need investment into uh, black people in this country in a really real way. Adriana Diaz, CBS News, Chicago. The images from the past few weeks have left many Americans wondering how they can channel their grief and anger into something positive. CBS's Jamie Ucas reports a young girl and her friends are leading the way. When nine-year-old Cameron Johnson saw the protest over the death of George Floyd, who was killed while in police custody about 20 minutes from her home in Minnesota, she wanted to help. I wish that people treat us the same as they treat other people. She and her friends like to make colorful string bracelets, so they decided to sell them to help local black-owned businesses that burned during the protests. I just felt really sad what happened, so. And I was fine if I didn't earn any money, and I just wanted it to go to the people in Minneapolis. Cameron and her friends have raised an incredible amount, $80,000 so far. Ron Johnson is Cameron's dad. For a nine-year-old to do this, you know, I know anybody can. What can you do to make it better? You know, it's not sit around and wonder and worry. Um, it's, you know what, let's make a change. I like making other people happy. Why does it feel good to make other people happy? Because that's what God wants you to do. Thank you. Proving even doing something small can make a big difference. Jamie Ucas, CBS News, Chanhassen, Minnesota. <laughs> First of all, did you notice Cameron's shirt says Smart Girls Rock? Also, Cameron told us she wants to be a nurse when she grows up so she can help people even more. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, CBS's Steve Hartman goes on the road with a young fan facing a season without baseball. 
the unexpected results when he reaches out to none other than Babe Ruth. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in our nation's capital. We'll see you right back here tomorrow, and good night. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.